Hey everyone, welcome to the Arsaholics podcast on Bank Holiday Monday night. Uh, you've got me, Raj. You've got the other two musketeers uh, with me, Mize, Aaronin. How's it going, boys? Yeah, good, mate. Good. Good to see you. How are you? Yeah, good, 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 good. Um, looking forward to talking about all, well, mainly about the game, obviously. Man, I mean, I don't know where to start, but I mean, obviously we will. Um, but uh, yeah, shame D'Artagnan couldn't join us on the on the, on the the pod um, for such a, you know, to, to review such a massive game. But I wonder, I wonder if we, we, we might be able to get Nero, you know, for one of the final episodes, just for like a, yeah, just to give it to the fans, give the fans what they want, right? Fingers maybe, crossed. Maybe, maybe we win the league. That's that's the one he joins. Oh, we have all but, that. The the first thing you want to talk about is Nero. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Actually, that's true. I miss the guy sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. Anyway, I mean, yeah. You know, let's let, let's try. Let, you're right. Let's talk about God. What everyone in it feels like not just uh, Arsenal fans, but all Premier League fans. Um, everyone were talking about this game over the Bank Holiday weekend because it was a crazy game. So Liverpool two, Arsenal two. In, I mean, it didn't feel like a ninety-minute game. It felt like a game that just, you know, it was like a, like a, a, a Lord of the Rings trilogy epic kind of thing. It was just, it had, it had everything, and it, it just, God, you know, why don't we just say how we feel? I mean, two-two uh, title race is, you know, it's, it was the final countdown. We talked about it last week. It's, it's the real deal now. It's the last. Well, that, that was the ninth last game. Mice, um, how do you feel after that and after the result? Do you feel good? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel anxious? I was, I mean, I spent 24 hours, more than 24 hours. So I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm anxious anymore. Um, yeah, like you say, man, it was a game that just took you through all sorts of emotions. Yeah, first kind of 30, what, 30, 35, 40 minutes, wherever it was, 35 minutes. I was, man, I was dreamland, absolute dreamland. 2-0 up at Anfield. Um, uh, one of the toughest games we've got in the run-in. Um, the one, one of the games that we, we've all picked out. Looking at the run-in as, uh, yeah, considering our record at, at Anfield and at the fact that it is Anfield and it's Liverpool away, um, and to be two 0 up uh, in that first half, uh, yeah, quite literally in dreamland, and, and already started kind of picturing, wow, what if we actually get three points here, and you know. Where you know what does that actually mean? Not not so much what does it mean, but you know that that is massive. That is massive for us in this title challenge, and probably got must got a little bit carried away. But yeah, look, I think on reflection, overall, um, it's disappointing. Whenever you're two 0 up in any game, right? Like, doesn't matter who you're playing, what the opposition is, home or away. If you go two 0 up, um, you're you're in a position where you can obviously, hopefully, control the game and see it out basically and obviously we weren't able to do that but I think I think you've got to give Liverpool an element of credit because that second half they were really really good they created chances they put us under loads of pressure you know the whole kind of the whole Anfield factor really kind of played into you know came into the game and you could argue we were quite lucky to come away with the point given what happened in that second half they missed a penalty so overall look I think I'm I'm pretty happy with it with that point you know it's hard to say it's hard to say right now, isn't it? Because we won't know until the end of the season, you know, that point, that Ramsdale save or those couple of Ramsdale saves at the end, um, that missed penalty, that, you know, that could all come back to, that, that, that could be that could become a huge point and huge moments in our season or we might still be a little bit short. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to say until we get to the to the final stage. But I think overall, for me, I'm, 
yeah, I think it's 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 a point gained, but it's still a slight frustration that we weren't able to at two nil. We weren't able to get to, get in at half time, two nil up, and then sort of see how the second half went. Aaron, do you feel that point gained as opposed to two points lost? I know it's hard to really, you know, both those things are true, um, I suppose. But how do you feel uh, as a glass half full or half empty? You're on mute, mate. I mean, speechless. <laughs> You're still on mute. Jesus, guy. I mean, how many episodes have we in? Uh, 103. <laughs> Uh, amateur hour, eh? um, yeah. No, so the, sorry the guy that. who's in charge of was, sound as well. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually making a really, really good point. <laughs> um, no, I've been, I've kind of gone like from one extreme to the other, back and forth about a million times since full time um, about what this result means. So, you know, over the next hour or so when we're discussing this, I'm probably going to do this, do a full 360 on everything I've said. And what I'm going to say now, but I think, honestly, I think I'm actually a bit disappointed. I think that's my view is like before the game, I predicted a win. And the fact that we didn't win against this Liverpool team is, I think, a bit disappointing. And look, I don't think this is going to, I think people on, online are like, the minute you criticize the team, you criticize the manager. You're just being negative and we're like, like, and that you're like not being reasonable. I think, I don't think this is this result is going to really impact our title challenge that much, right? I think the way the season has gone so far, we basically had one lifeline. Um, assuming if City are going to be perfect, we have one lifeline, and we lost that lifeline yesterday, and that's okay. Um, losing your lifeline at Anfield is not, you know, an embarrassing thing. So. And we can go on to like what this means for the title challenge. But honestly, if I look back at it, I think this is a Liverpool team. We went away to a team that was 20 points behind us, about six or seven places below us in the league. We were winning 2-0 and we've come away without a win. Like, yes, it's Anfield. And you know, some of, sometimes I think we, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's Anfield, it's Anfield. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're going for the league, you have to see out those games. You have to win those games. Are you and, oversimplifying it though? On that kind of just no, I think people are like over emotionalizing it. If anything, um, uh, but I mean, I mean, we. But part of the reason why people are doing that is not necessarily because of what we as um, fans think. It's about what players say constantly about playing at Anfield, right? Players who have won titles. You know, you you sort of heard Gary Neville even you know talk about. It, it, he just basically said, "You're someone who's been very critical of Arsenal every now and again." He's basically like, "You can't say Arsenal bottled this because this is just no." I don't think we. I don't think we bottled it as such. I just, I don't think we did enough to win the game. No, I don't think we yeah, played well. I don't think we played well. Yeah, I don't think we played well. Like, I don't think yeah. we, I don't know if it was the emotion. I don't think if it was the atmosphere. Mm. Like, for whatever reason, I mean, we can discuss it. We didn't play well enough to win that game. Mm. And we didn't play well enough against a team that is, we are significantly better than this season. So this is, and people are making out that it was like the Anfield of old, where two years ago, if we went to Anfield, even last season, we went to Anfield, we got a point. That's a great result. I just think, and I know Liverpool have a good home record. And I know they've done crazy things at Anfield, but I think maybe I expected too much of this team. And maybe I expect this team, maybe this team is not there, there yet, where it can go and like destroy some of those emotional narratives. But we've got like some big high pressure games coming up and it would have been really nice to 
just remove that fear from this team and yeah no we we didn't like and obviously like you'd offer me a point on 89 minutes or even the 92nd minute I would have taken it right but before the game if I said well I've been disappointed with a draw I would have said yes probably and if you asked me after 38 minutes would I be disappointed with a draw when we're 2-0 up I'd say absolutely so so yeah I think my gut my my main conclusion here my gut feel from this is that I'm yeah I'm kind of annoyed I think it's fair. I think a lot of Arsenal fans feel the way that you do. So even though you know, I don't think there's a right answer here. I mean, Mike, what, what do you what do you think? Do you, do you feel the same way? Um, I wouldn't know. I'd probably say I think Aaron is maybe. I, I think I'm giving uh, Liverpool are still. You know, they've been poor this season. They've been they've been erratic this season, and for whatever reason, you know, things have kind of just not happened for them this season. But. And yeah, you look at points, you look at league position, all the rest of it, then that indicates that we should just go there and win. But that's not how it works, right? The Premier League doesn't work like that. Um, we could we play Southampton in a couple of weeks, we might not beat them. Like, I'm not saying we will or won't, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just the Premier League's a competitive league. And I think ultimately, you still look at some of the players that Liverpool have got, and especially going forward, and I think I said this in the preview episode, they're still a very, very good they still have a very good group of players. They're maybe not as good of a team as they've been in the last few years. Um, and they haven't maintained those very, very high standards. But I feel like 90 minutes, any given match, and yeah, at, at home, at Anfield, um, it's a tough, it's just a tough away day. It's a tough game. And I agree with Aaron on the point, you know, we, it's quite, it's, it's a good point that he made, to be honest, aside from that first kind of half an hour when we did seem to control the game and we, we did seem to dominate um, and we took advantage, you know, we went 2-0 up as well. But as soon as, you know, they came back into it, as soon as they scored and pretty much the whole of the second half, you know, we were on the back foot and that is a little bit disappointing. Um, I don't know we're going to get into that, but, I don't know. I, do, I still give, I still look at it as a point gain just because I think you look at the opposition and yeah, like I say, they haven't had the best season, but it doesn't necessarily make them an awful side or a side that, you know, by default, we just go there and win it. And we've got a really bad record there. Like, I don't know if that plays on the minds of the players. I don't know if that plays on the minds of, of, of the coaches, but um, it was a good opportunity to go and win there. But at the same time, like, you know, every time we've gone there the last few seasons, and I know it's a different Liverpool, but, you know, we've not won there in 11 years. And we've every time we've gone there the last few years, they've just absolutely wiped the floor with us, um, scoring like three, four, five goals. So I don't know if that, I don't know, like, does that does that play into it this season when this season, you know, we're a very, very different side and we're much improved? Maybe not, but I guess if it, I guess it does if you're a player that's gone there for the last few seasons and you haven't been successful at all. But yeah, I, I I agree with elements of what Aaron is saying, but some of it, I don't know. I feel like Liverpool deserve a fair bit of credit and I still rate them as a team. Like I'm sure they'll be, but I'd be, I'd, I'd put them in my, you know, top four, top five teams next season, possibly pushing for the title again, maybe depending on what happens in the summer. So I don't think they're all of a sudden like this, this like, you know, spent force as it were dangerous, dangerous on their day. And yeah, like Aaron has said, they've got a good home record. I think they beat city at home, right? Obviously smashed United the other day, a couple of weeks ago. So Yeah. Well, shall we break it down a little bit then? Because we, like you both mentioned, like for the first thirty-five minutes, we did. I don't think it's. I don't think it's possible that we could have played a better, you know, first half an hour in terms of everything. If you imagine what Arteta must have said to them before the game, he's like, "This is Anfield. We know the crowd." can be there it's not it's not like it's not like most clubs where they're the 12th man they're the 12th 13th 14th man when anfield gets you know behind you he's like we've got to silence the crowd we've got to keep 
keep the ball. We've got to kind of play it forward. We've got to keep it at a good pace, do all the basic things right and try and score early, right? If everything, everything that he probably would have wished for, we did. We executed everything. We scored first. I was probably, you know, we looked like we were getting right from the first minute. There was a decent chance. Martinelli down the left, um, you know, had a really, really good break. He was, he was brilliant. And we'll get onto that a little bit more later about him generally. But, um, you know, then we, we score, we then go score another goal, a very different type of goal, but, but a quality second goal completely the fans are totally silent this is this is the perfect half an hour i mean what do you think aaron what did we do in that first half an hour why was it that liverpool were so i guess blown away and what was it that we did so well we played we played our game and we asserted ourselves on the game and you know everything that we've been doing so well over the last the whole season we did right we were like aggressive pushing forward we were we you know our defenders were aggressive on their forward like their attackers Gabriel was magnificent against Salah um Martinelli did all the right things Saka did all the right things Partey Erdogan everyone just did their job and did it really well and it resulted in two chances to yeah we probably could have scored more if we were you know I, I did as, as good as we played I don't think we played like at, on fifth gear, I think we were still like playing quite cautiously in that first 30, 35 minutes. And we still scored two two goals and we still did really well. And I think it that's what makes this the rest of the game really frustrating for me is because we t- we did the hard part, right? Like you said, Rog, the dream start would be going there, killing that crowd, just killing their, you know, any hope they had and you know, it's a shame we didn't get a third goal because I think if we'd got the third goal, it would have been game over. But, you know, we to go 2-0 up there is a huge testament to the way we played. And I think you you have to give the team credit for doing that. And it's what makes the rest of the game a bit of a mystery to me because I've, I've watched it, I've watched the highlights, and I still can't figure out why we just stopped doing what we were doing in the second half. Might as you agree with that, that first half an hour in particular, you know, you before the game, we talked about lineups and you said that when we talked about one of the big decisions um, in attacking sense, it was about whether you go with Trossard, who has a hat trick at Anfield before and has been really good with us, or did you go from Martinelli and your your preferred choice was Martinelli. You said you want to see him start and you're like, you know, you basically said that he could retire Trent. And I mean, <laughs> like he was, he was that first half an hour, he was, absolutely unplayable it was like a there was something iconic about that first half an hour almost it's almost like a bit of a changing the guard type thing where you've had this Liverpool team who have just been outstanding right for like a number of years with this Salah Mane kind of combination and they were just like absolutely devastating and uh this felt like a little bit of a okay now there's a new boy in town now there's a new time there's a new there's a new kind of a front three that everyone needs to be afraid of um, and to kind of introduce it in Anfield in that way. It felt kind of iconic to me that first half an hour um, because, um, you know, like, like sort of Aaron mentioned about, you know, not us, not necessarily being fifth. Yeah. I think we've talked about before about the fact that um, when you are a team that wants to win big games and win big things, you're not going to get hundreds of chances at games like away at Liverpool, away, whatever, you're going to get a couple and you just have to 
be quality in those moments. Yeah, you have to. And Martinelli was quality in that first half an hour. Pretty much everything he did, wasn't he, Mize? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think you've 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 put it pretty well in terms of the comparison between Liverpool's. I guess previous front three and 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 what we have now um, in terms of our kind of new and young front three, but yeah, like Marcelli was yeah exactly unplayable. I was, I really wanted him to start. I think he's he's been in really good form um, the last few games, you know, scoring goals, assists, um, looking dangerous again. He's obviously Hazus is back as well. And we've, we we know kind of how well those two link up. Um, and I was just keen, yeah, I was just keen to see him go at Trent basically, um, and he did that from the first minute, right? Like literally, I think it was pretty much from kickoff or definitely within the first couple of minutes, you know, he's, he's, he's taken it past Trent, got to the byline and basically fashioned a chance. And I think we get a corner out of it. And that was basically the, you know, he, he kind of set the, set the tone pretty much for again, that first half or, you know, first portion of the first half. And um, yeah, he, he was unplayable. And I mean, like you, you said it, Raj, in the group chat, right? Like this is a real statement from Martinelli. Um, and that's what it was, you know, it, it, it really was, He's, I mean, it, he has that in, in him, right? He's, that is that is his game, you know, in terms of just being able to take people on, um, taking risks, and uh, him and Saka all season have been doing that for us and and just pretty much like both left and right sides, just so, so dangerous. And yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I was very, very happy that he started and I think, you know, he, he proved that he was the right option. Um, so thank, thankfully Arteta went with him and, um yeah like a quick one on it but do you think trossard siding trossard and the form trossard's been in do you think that has spurred him on martelli has that challenged him to take it to another level yeah i think it had i mean yeah like they always that you know so it's a bit of a cliche but that's what they say right you know like competition breeds success and um yeah if you know i, I think yeah probably going back to the start of the season there wasn't really anyone. Uh, Smith Rowe was injured. There's not really anyone challenging for. And I think Reese Nelson was injured as well. I think Martinelli probably knows, and Saka probably knows. They're both starting most games. So yes, it's a good point. I think it it must help you lift your level or go to another level. Um, it must push you to to do a little bit more. And and yeah, like like I said before, he's been delivering in terms of goals and assists. And um, uh, yeah, yeah. So 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 quite possibly, I think now we have genuine competition. In, in two of the front three positions, when you think about Trossard, um, and it was it was a bit of a coin flip. Like I didn't know who was going to start. Um, like I said, I wanted Martinelli to start, but you mentioned pre-match. You know, you would you thought Trossard would start. So yeah, I think between Arsenal fans, I don't think anyone really knew who Arteta was going to go with, and I think that's you know again testament to good recruitment in January and the fact that we're able we now have those options across the front line to 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 sort of change it around depending on the opposition depending on the game and fitness and everything else so um yeah yeah it must it must help elevate his game a little bit but yeah like I mean yeah he was fantastic man like the goal was brilliant you know I I thought the the touch just before the touch he takes to shoot if it feels like he's either miscontrolled or it's just a slightly heavy touch but then he manages to just sort of get a toe in and and nip it past the keeper. But, you know, again, him going through the middle, dangerous, exactly what we want to see. And then Canate and Trent were scared of him the whole game, pretty much. Every time he got the ball, they were scared of him. And, you know, the cross the cross for Jesus, you know, that pick out is a brilliant, brilliant pick out. And Jesus picks up a really good position between um, 
Van Dyke and Robertson, isn't it? Um, he's, you know, mm. he's in between both players, and and you know, it's really good, really good forward play. It's not something that we actually associate with Hazus that often, um, but it's really good forward play because he gets into the space and and Martelli picks him up beautifully. It's a beautiful cross, such a good ball, and yeah, I mean, very very good start to the game, and yeah, good, it was yeah, fantastic from Martelli. He was he was he was playing so well. It was it was world class from him that first day. I mean, it's, but so many other players, like you mentioned, uh, Aaron. And let's talk a little bit um, just before we get to sort of maybe the turning point of the game and go onwards, uh, because I feel like from that point on, there's going to be, you know, it's, it's almost like a different game to analyze. But prior prior to um, uh, them getting back in it, uh, Gabriel, uh, you know, he's he's had to um, probably think a little bit differently in this game because he's playing with holding. And it's Holdings' first Premier League start in, um, you know, I think, you know, away at, uh, for, for quite a while, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, so in a game, yeah, I'm sure. One of those two. Yeah, like, so in, in that kind of game, and Gabriel, who has been, you know, ever present. Um, so there would have been a lot going on in his mind. You know, he knows it's not William Saliba playing next to him. But what did you feel uh, about his performance in that first half an hour? About Gabriel or holding? Um, about Gabriel. All right, okay. Um, no, I thought he was magnificent. And he was, um, it was just one of those where he was, he just looked like a man possessed for most of that game. And even, even in the like, second half when we weren't playing that well, I thought, you know, it was very clear to him that his job was basically stop Salah, right? And that as a left-sided player is probably the hardest opponent you're going to face all season right there there are no better right-sided players unless he's coming up against Saka in training um there are no better right-sided players um in the league in my opinion than him right and Salah was actually he had a really really good game um and especially in that first 30 to 40 minutes I thought Gabriel just owned him completely. And even in the second half, he was really good. I thought he was dominant. He was aggressive, but he didn't, you know, he wasn't reckless. And he just looks like a player this season who has really, really matured his game. And, you know, Gabriel two seasons ago probably been sent off for doing something stupid or like just got two yellows because he couldn't control his aggression or he went over the top. But I think he was the way he just handled Salah was really a joy to watch because I think a lot of the times Gabriel sometimes goes under the radar a bit because he doesn't, he's not what I call like a match of the day player because he like what he does just doesn't come on match of the day. But actually I think you could probably make a compilation of just what Gabriel did in that game and just show it. I'm sure someone has made it on Twitter. I'm sure someone has made a compilation to be fair. And, um, and you could watch it, and it'll be he'll be very very good. It's really interesting. So I, I, I took something quite differently away from that game, to be honest. Like you thought it was rubbish. I, I don't think it was rubbish um, at all. Uh, well, okay. So firstly, big caveat by saying I think he's been the best centre back in the Premier League this year. Firstly, right. So 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 this isn't this is me just talking about this game in particular, right? And I think the first thirty minutes. I thought he was incredible. Like I really thought that as much as we would, we looked so in control. Part of it was because he was so in control of everything that was going on around him. Little things. He just, he just seemed one step ahead of everyone, all their forwards. It was, it was, it was incredible actually. Um, But, but I think 
if you look at the game overall, yeah, like the stats do paint a really different picture of how Salah was kind of managed for the game overall. So I so one of one of the stats for the game, this was Salah's highest XG in any game in his Premier League career. Yeah, I thought right, that. but. Wh- but, but, but I mean, uh, yeah, no, I know like we can't leave stats or whatever like that, but obviously in the, in the most basic level, what that means is that he's had more, he's had an, more good chances in a game than any game that he's had previously in the Premier League. Yeah. And he's probably, and maybe that penalty, the penalty also goes towards your XG. I'm not sure how that works, but he's probably had games where he's had penalties before. So, bit, you know, biggest XG ever. Um, now, that in itself, in isolation, if you just say that in isolation, I'm not sure we can say in the same sentence that one of our centre-backs dealt with him incredibly well for the whole game. Yeah, I see what you mean. No, you're right, because in another, if Salah takes his chances, he potentially has a hat-trick yeah. <laughs> in in the game. But honestly, if Salah had scored a hat-trick, I still would have said Gabriel was excellent yesterday. And like, I know that's counterintuitive when the guy you're dealing with comes and scores three but i don't think that was down to gabriel not being good i think that was down to a salad just being in one of his moods where he is literally unstoppable um and b just the players around him like uh, yeah salad moving to positions where gabriel isn't or just like even even the goal Salah scored, like I don't think that was you know Gabriel's fault, right? It was a it was a really lucky goal with a massive deflection and you know everything just landing in the right place, right? Um, so yeah, no, I, I think Gabriel was really good all game. I think he was one of our best players, him and Ramsdale. Um, but look, I, I take your point because how can you do that if hypothetically Salah scores three goals? I think I think the other. I was just sorry, mate. Go on, Karen. Finish. No, 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 I think I've made my, made my point. Right. Well, I was just going to say the other one of the other reasons, probably why Salah, like you said, look, probably the best right winger, right sided player in the league, if if it's not Saka. Um, and when you play a system where Zinchenko is often found in the middle of the pitch, and then Gabriel, you're one on, like basically you're what therefore one on one with your centre back normally. You know, most other teams, Salah's going up against the the team's left back. Um, and then you've got your centre-back inside to cover, obviously, right? So so I guess, like, again, against a very good attacking team, um, there's always that risk that, yeah, we're just going to be slightly exposed or going to be a bit more exposed um, in those types of games. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point, right? Because even on a normal day, our system generally leaves Gabriel quite exposed, right? To your bang average right-sided winger, like, I don't know, Anthony or someone like that, right? But... Um, like, but actually, the interesting thing is, usually, I think at home when we played Liverpool, he put Tommy Asu in because he was like, "This guy Salah is like the one guy you don't want to leave exposed, like you leave your centre back exposed to, because he has the potential to make any player, any defender in the world look absolutely silly." Um, and I think it was a bit of a calculated risk to say, look, we're just going to have to try and play our game. And the consequence of that is we're going to leave Gabriel exposed and leave him sometimes one-on-one with Salah and he's going to have to do a job on him. And yeah, I think he did it 
as well as he could have done. Right. I think in a different team, a different system, like you said, Mize, we probably double up on him and we put someone else there. And he's not the crucial element in stopping him. But like through a combination of maybe us being a bit more aggressive and us not having a more defensive left sided player, um that was the kind of game we went with. Do you agree with that, Myers? I mean, anything to add? Because not just Gabriel, you know, in, in himself, but we talk about how we defended generally, okay? You know, we we were under the cosh uh, after kind of 30-odd minutes. We we really, really took a lot um, from Liverpool. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of that probably is mental, as in, you know, but, but, but when it affects you mentally, ultimately on the pitch, that will have to transpire in a technical, um, you know, deterioration, otherwise you know, you end up still being able to deal with it fine. But what what did you think defensively? Was there anything that you could pick out as to why things went badly? Mm, I'm not necessarily sure why things went badly in terms of like generally, but specifically the guy, I mean, look, the first, we haven't spoken about the first Liverpool goal yet, right? No, so why don't we talk about the, the, the goals, right? Or, the, or just, you know... What, tell you what, why don't we pause on the goals? Because, you know, it feel, we feel weird coming back to this if we've already discussed the goals. Let's talk about, you know, what many people were sort of debating about as being a key turning point in the game. Everything's, you know, at this point, everything's going really well for Arsenal. We're 2-0 up. You know, Van Dijk has just gone and fouled Jesus on the on the side of the pitch from a clear kind of, I'm fed up, you know, you guys are, are dicking on us like I'm bored, I want to go home type tackle. It was like, it was, everything's going, you know, all all Arsenal. Then there's an incident that happens. Um, I think someone, I want to say Kanate, is it? Um, gets into, uh, uh, tackles Xhaka. Xhaka feels like he's fouled. It's not given. Xhaka gets up and kind of, and, tries to get the ball off Trent, but kind of bangs into him kind of, you know, and it, it, was, it was an in, intentional um, physical uh, challenge, um, which makes Trent retaliate and Trent retaliates and they square up. The crowd start getting a bit, you know, riled up. Both players get yellow cards. And since then, you know, a lot of people have debated as to whether that was a key turning point in the game. Did that rile the crowd up? And then, did the crowd then G up the team? And therefore, should Jacker have known better than getting himself into a situation like this, um, given the history of Anfield and and, and whatnot? Um, Mice, I'll tell you what, I'll go to you first, um, mm-hmm. because I've gone to Aaron and first uh, so far, I think, on this show. Um, what do you think? Do you agree with that? So, look, there's no like Xhaka slander or hate from me because he's been magnificent this season, as we all know. And I think it's been so important to, to so many good things that we've done this season. But I think Xhaka Xhaka at the end of the day, funnily enough, we haven't really seen that kind of petulant losing your head side from him much this season, if at all. And I think that, you know, it's an, it's an emotional game. It's a kind of highly charged game. It's a pressure game. And I think that was probably always going to happen at some point. Um and when it first happened, I was a bit like, look, what the hell are you doing? Because not so much because it riled up the crowd, but it was just, it just seemed unnecessary when you're, when you're in control of the game, and we were doing what we were doing at that point, two goals to the good. You've got what, 10 minutes to go to half time. It's like, that's like game management time, right? Just manage the game for 10 minutes, get in, get into half time with that lead. 
and then you you plan your second half and you set yourself up for the second half to yeah see the game out essentially or try and get a third and finish the game and i don't necessarily think that that incident leads to them scoring but it obviously does contribute to the crowd because like you said before right the crowd were completely silent pretty much well not completely but they were silent after we got those two goals we really really silenced you know this this you know that anfield crowd and it was just it just felt like it was just a bit unne- a bit of an unnecessary kind of moment where he's lost his head ever so slightly and it it's just helped give the crowd a slight lift a slight boost now i'm not saying that that necessarily means that they you know by default they're just going to go up the other end and score of course not but just felt like it could have been avoided and also like slightly slight side note it felt like throughout the game i don't know if it was the ref not giving them but it did feel like we were trying to win you know we were trying to yeah like win um fouls where they may be just quite soft tackles like there were a few bad challenges or challenges that were punished. But I don't know. I saw Saka go down a couple of times, saw Xhaka go down a couple of times. I think Erdogan once or twice where the referee just wasn't giving it. He just wasn't giving those free kicks yesterday. Um, and that was another one where Xhaka has gone down quite, in my opinion, I think he's gone down quite softly. So I don't even think it was a free kick. So I don't even think he had much to really complain about. So then the reaction after that, even, you know, that it just feels even more unnecessary as a result of the fact that it probably wasn't even a free kick. Maybe it was, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like I think people are making a bigger deal of this than they should be because it's Xhaka, which I think is always going to, you know, it's always going to happen when it's him, unfortunately. But um, yeah, for me, it was just, it's just, he could have just kept his head a little bit, avoided it. And yeah, like as one of the more senior players as well, if not the most senior player. Yeah just help the team see out the last 10 minutes. We didn't need to get involved in any incidents at all. We didn't need to get involved in anything. We were, we were in control. So a little bit frustrating, but I don't, I'm not attributing them scoring and making it two one purely down to that because you can't, you can't, they might've gone and done that anyway. Yeah. I mean, there there are hypotheticals. Like you say, it wasn't, for example, that he conceded a free kick and then that free kick led to a goal, et cetera. But um, at the same time, I mean, it is quite clear um, that instance that incident happens. The crowd who are asleep, like you mentioned, then kind of come up, and Liverpool score very, very soon after that. So those things are true. Whether you know, like you say, like you know, it, there's lots of hypotheticals in that, but th- but those things happen. But Aaron, and, you know, I know at the time you felt it was very harsh when you know, the commentators and, you know, actually, you know, even after the game, the pundits were all very, fairly unanimous in sort of saying, like, why the hell did, why, why the hell did he do that? Did you feel that that was, um, yeah, that I don't know. I think it? it's, I think I broadly agree with what Maya said, right? Which is, look, should he have done it? No, right? You don't want, regardless of if it's Anfield away or if it's a home game against a League Two team, like, Shaka shouldn't be, like, Shaka should know his reputation, first of all. And he should know that, you give, why does that why does that matter? Because why, why that's that, matter? that is the way Xhaka is ref. We've he knows this. We've been through this journey enough times with him that if Xhaka does something bad that is not a card, Xhaka will get a yellow. If Xhaka does something that another player gets a yellow for, the referee will consider his reputation and think about giving him a red. That's but that's not this that, so, so, but that but that's not that's not the issue here, right? Because no, the issue but, is is not that him getting a yellow card. The issue is the whole, you know, him. No, I think it's I think it's a couple a couple of things, right? Yeah, it's Jacker retaliating. But if that was Saka retaliating, do you think the crowd would have been like? Uh, first of all, do you think the do you think he would have Saka would have been booked? 
maybe not. Um, I think I don't even think Jacker did anything that bad, to be honest. Like, I, don't, I think it was just a little scuffle. Um, Trent was being a bit annoying. Shaka was being a bit annoying. I think a, a good referee just dusts that off, breaks it up, and just gets on with the game. But I don't think the referee helps by just making it into a thing. Um, and then, like, yeah, but should Xhaka do it? No, he shouldn't, right? He should just keep calm. He has no need to go and get involved in that. But all of that is true. But the way, I don't know if you guys are watching with commentary, but the way Gary Neville and Carragher were just, like, ripping into Xhaka, and I'm not a Xhaka fan, right? I think he's a bit of an idiot. The yeah, best you're, you're, you're the only one who wants him sold. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a Xhaka fan, right? But I think he is... Although he's been very good this season, he will always have this liability tag on him and he will always be refed a little bit differently. And that was a very good example. Um, and But the way Gary Neville and uh, Carragher were going on about it, Neville especially, it was like they were trying to make, so desperate to make it a story that the reason we Liverpool scored was because the crowd were up for it. I think that's nonsense. Like, yes, it happened, but there were a lot of other things that happened. Um, and then like, even the post-game interviews, Jeff Shrees was asking, I don't know if it was Arteta or maybe Klopp or maybe both of them, what do you think about the Xhaka incident? And they were looking at him like, well, what are you talking about? Like, it was a foul. Well, what, but, like, what are they, but what are they going to say about it? Do you, do you no, but they were like, this, these are two unconnected incidents. Um, yes, it... it, it does it help? No, it doesn't help. But is this some kind of like massive turning point? Like if Jack had two footed someone and got, and he got sent off, fine. That, that's not what happened though, is it? Like there was a moment afterwards where actually I thought Gabriel Jesus was like making a big, I think he got fouled yeah, as well just before. And then yeah, he yeah. went off on one. I thought that was maybe him like getting, and then the crowd really like True. were up for it at that point. But no one's saying anything about Jesus when he was arguably worse. Um, so, yeah, I just think, look, it was their goal was they had a few chances beforehand and they had this chance. And um, actually, I watched the replay again. And basically, the way it works out is because Ben White's on a yellow from that earlier challenge. I can't remember who he fouled. Um, he can't take out the man, like someone in the build up. And then because he doesn't foul him, it, it all goes through and then it plays through. And then... Um, Salah gets a goal from a deflected... Was it deflected shot or deflected cross? I can't remember. Cross and then um, Henderson deflects it, yeah. And, and yeah, like, it was... It was just really unfortunate they scored when they did. And... It's poor defending, was, you know, though. Do you know it was. Think, yeah, because yeah, I think holding gets exposed two on one. Ben White's out of position because he doesn't win that challenge earlier on. And yeah, you're right. It is poor defending, but like ultimately a bit like our first goal, like the ball broke the right player at the right time and they finished it. Right. Um, and if we had just held out till half time, I think it would have been a very, very different game. I think ultimately the thing that let the crowd back into the game was the fact that we conceded on the 43rd minute or whatever it was. And I think, I don't think it was anything to do with Xhaka. I think they were already, I thought, Mm. I think you're being very for a guy who you want to be sold. I think you're being very, very, very kind to um, Tim. To, to be honest, I mean, but, but no, like, my, my... obviously he shouldn't have done it. I'm not, but yeah. it's just it was such a minor thing. Well, that put I it this way: Do you remember? Do you remember last season? Right, last season when we were at Anfield, there was an incident with Arteta on the touchline. Yeah, and I think the score was nil nil at that time, 
and I remember the commentator saying it. I know, I know, because we were listening while we should have been listening to your wedding. Um, <laughs> the, um, the, uh, 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 the, I remember them saying at the time they were like, "What, what, why has he done this? He's just, he's basically just riled up the crowd now. The crowd are now going berserk, whatever." And you know, Gary Neville said it in his podcast, um, which I haven't listened to, but I've, I've seen a, you know uh, an extract from it. Where he basically said, "It's like a golden rule at Anfield. You just don't." If the crowd are asleep, just don't do anything to wake them up. Just, just don't. It's like a golden rule. You, that's that's what we know as professional players. Don't do it, right? So, it, so in that, I feel like you can map out the events. The, you know, that incident happened. The crowd did start getting rolled up. Liverpool scored. I think I'm pretty sure the Gabriel Jesus thing happened after they scored. To be honest, I'm pretty sure that that, oh, that was it. Maybe afterwards. But I agree. That was that was that was. That was a bit weird as well. I completely agree, um, and so I, I think it's just one of those where you just, just you know, just suck it up, just, just suck it up, just don't, don't be that guy. But I don't know. Say, Miles, you got anything to add? Add on that? Not, not really. Yeah, like I mean, just on the goal. I, I, mean, I agree, Raj. Like I just, he just doesn't need to do it. He's react, he's reacting to a decision he hasn't got off the ref, and he goes in on Trent. You know, it's very, it's it's what Xhaka does. You know, he's just he's tried to give him a little a little kick or what. You know, he's just nibbled when the opportunity is there to to nibble and kept an arm up or an elbow up as well and just completely unnecessary. Just just don't do it. And yeah, who knows what would have happened afterwards? But it was just completely unnecessary from my perspective. But yeah, with the goal, like I think it's really poor from us to be honest. I mean, I don't know about the obviously yeah Ben White being on a yellow. I, Taking someone out in that position, I don't know if he necessarily need, would have needed to have done that anyway. Obviously, in hindsight, yeah, it would have been great because they've gone on to score. But um, yeah, he, he's out of position. I think I think it happened earlier in the half as well when Robertson has that chance. He's out of position as a ball over the top and Robertson gets in and probably should hit the target. Um, so it happens a second time. And that's a bit worrying that you know, same, same area, same part of our defense that's been exposed, but it was really weird because then it's Jota, Jota who makes the overlapping run and no one tracks him. Like Erdegaard's with him. And then Erdegaard just stops. Partey's like kind of, I don't know what he's doing to be honest in the sense that he seems to be just kind of like holding a position in the box where he's just covering an area as opposed to trying to track anyone. Jota's just got this like free run, picks up the ball and, and, and no pressure on him at all. Um, And that was the most frustrating thing for me because just like, defensive discipline you know track your man very basic thing and we didn't do it and that's kind of how the, they they create the chance obviously and yeah they get a bit of luck um with the deflection from henderson and it you know it falls to salah or whatever and you know but but yeah like i, I think it was a really poor goal to concede and yeah like just the worst time as well right just the worst time to concede you know two new up and you're just really hoping we can just see it out and we couldn't and that's that's what's really frustrating do you think i like I kind of just think since the start of the season, we have since, since the World Cup, sorry, we just haven't been defending that well. Um, and you're right, like we had that, there was that Robertson chance, there was this chance, there was all, all the stuff that happened in the second half. I just think as a team, for whatever reason, we, we're we just not defending that well. Like we, Bournemouth cut through our defence within a minute um, and they scored again. And um I think it's a bit of a concern, to be honest, our defence. It's quite interesting because I've, I've read a few things about this, which suggests that there's actually a systemic reason why some of this has happened, which is, I don't know if you remember, but like prior to the World Cup, 
there were some concerns about actually how we looked going forward because I think it was the nature of the goals that we, even though we were doing okay, the nature of the goals, it wasn't quite like how we started the season where these goals were coming from all different directions with like kind of really kind of, you know, um, interesting and and, and unique ways. Um, it, it was a bit different and it seems like people who have tried to do the analysis have seen that since the World Cup, going forward, we've looked different. So we've basically ended up, as opposed to having five, you know, when there's like the new Arsenal in possession where you've got like, it's like two, three, five, I think is the kind of setup. They've actually gone to a like two, two, six. And, 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 and lots of times where, where effectively we just got even more people in that, in that front area committing like even more bodies forward, which has sort of created a knock on effect, therefore, as being kind of you know, less, less defensively stable. And they're putting that down to potential reasons. So obviously the, the observation, you know, like that you made, I think is a completely like accurate one, but it actually could be not because our players are doing something that they were doing before worse. It might actually very well be because the systems change and to be fair we've been scoring a shed load more goals you know like i think for the last few games i think two is the fewest amount of goals we've scored recently yeah. right um it's been it's been pretty pretty interesting um but look in the, in the interest of time if i could just just sort of move on slightly because th- there's another really key moment in the game um which is the penalty incident and which which Salah goes on and misses. Mize, um, plenty of debate about, about whether that was a penalty or not. And I think it also then led to a lot of questions around holding and whether, you know, is this, uh, I mean, you know, I feel kind of sorry for him. It's, it's, it's him that concedes the penalty. But a lot of the talk before this game was about, oh, is Saliba going to be fit? Um, if he's not fit, is that going to be a big issue? Um, you know, and and it hasn't been an issue the last couple of games. We've managed to get through. We haven't kept clean sheets, but we've managed to to get through. But this was Liverpool, and um, you know, moments matter if you like. And that penalty happened. Talk talk with you. Did you did you think it was a penalty? Did you think holding was at fault? I think at the time I thought it was a little bit harsh, um, but uh, admittedly I was out in a bar and had quite a few drinks so and emotions of the game i think probably just like bias um probably didn't think it was a penalty but yeah look, i've seen obviously loads and loads of replays and i think it, it, it's un- it's just one of those unfortunate ones i don't i don't i don't think you can not give it if you know what i mean like i think the referee has to give it because even though it's not i don't think it's like a, it's a foul because he's just he's almost they're both just running in the same direction away from goal and it's like a it's a bit of a tangle but it like you said Raj again I think you said it in the group chat it was it's just clumsy like I think given that he's going away from goal as a defender or as the 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 player defending in that situation you probably just want to just keep everything clear of Jota I think it was Jota that he fails but just keep everything clear right keep your legs your arms everything clear and just let him like you know give him half a yard of space but he just seems to be too too tight to him basically um and and some sometimes just it's it's a bit of an unfortunate one where yeah it's a bit of a tangle of legs um he's obviously not trying to tackle him he's not really trying to win the ball he's just sort of shielding him out and just gets too tight but i think you have to give it as a penalty so for me yeah i think i think it's a pen um i don't know if you guys do you guys think different or well aaron how do you feel about it because i think yeah, at the time as well you didn't think it was a pen as in is it like, like by the rules of the game is it a penalty yeah right and therefore, like we could just end this discussion now. But, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, yeah, fair. Yeah, but, I mean, if it's the other way, you you know, you would expect Arsenal to have it. Right? Yeah, but I I guess it's more just 
the way Tierney had refereed, refereed the game, where it was like he let a lot of other things go. That was one that potentially he could have let go. But it's one of those where it's like, if that's happening outside the penalty area, I don't think it gives it as a foul. Um, but do you think, Aaron, and that's because when those things happen and they happen outside the penalty area, they're not necessarily to do with a very pivotal moment in the game. So whether the referee gives it or not, it's never scrutinized afterwards. It's not like afterwards they'll do a review of the game and goes, do you remember there was that tangle in the middle of the pitch that you didn't give a foul? Well, it should have been a foul. They don't do that. But in this instance, if he doesn't give the penalty and you know, afterwards they kind of look at it and go, oh my God, Arsenal won the game. And there was like an obvious penalty you didn't give. He's scrutinized. I don't think, me. put it this way, if he hadn't given it, would VAR have overturned it? I'm not so sure, right? But I can't disagree by saying like that's some outrageous penalty or yeah, that yeah. Jot has dived. You're right. Like holding is clumsy. Like I think a, a top level Premier League defender should just know better. Right, but it's one of those where it's like it's a scrap in the box. He's just running forward. I don't think he's like tried to take Jota down, but Jota's just been very clever. He slowed down, and Holding's basically just run into him, and he's quite intelligently gone down. Um, but yeah, like Maya said, an intelligent defender kind of anticipates that a forward player is probably going to try and do that, and you just just keep away. But it's it's hard to actually blame holding for that as well because i don't think he's done much wrong if that makes sense yeah and then the i mean salah missed the penalty you could argue it's a genius decision to foul him because it was a dangerous <laughs> situation in the box isn't it um but can i ask you guys a broader question about you know we we don't know when talib is going to be back um and on the basis of this game you know against liverpool uh have are you more or less concerned about what that could mean? I really the question I'm asking is, do you think that uh, we looked a lot worse with holding um, in a big game like this than than potentially you think we would have with Saliba? Might as well go to you. Not really, mate. I don't. I think Rob Holding had a pretty decent game, especially in the second half, where I know that you know we obviously conceded another goal, but there were no like considering, yeah we were under the cosh for the majority of that second half and especially the last like what 10 10 minutes and the six minutes of added on time and everything like there were no concerns from me my main concern is always a concern with rob holding is if we play a high line and you you know there's just space in behind um he will get exposed and we didn't really see that. We didn't really see that that often, if or if if at all, um, where it was holding that was sort of the the player that was out of position or couldn't get back because he hasn't got the pace to recover. So I, yeah, I, I don't. I, I think it was quite important in that second half. To be honest, there was like balls coming into the box. I remember there was a couple of corners that he cleared. He cleared because he's you know he's very good aerially and he does do that and he and he and that's one of his best attributes. And you know, exper- experience wise. I think considering he's our fourth choice of centre-back, whatever he is, you know, third, fourth, maybe even fifth choice centre-back now, um, it, 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 it's not that he's not the worst option. Uh, and I think I said something very similar the last time we we recorded. So, so not really. I mean, look, obviously the City game is the one, isn't it? The City game is the one that we're all looking at. And I think that's the one it sounds like the club are targeting to get Saliba back by if, if, if he's going to be out for a little while because we saw what Haaland did to, to holding um, in that cup game. So, um, yeah, we definitely don't want to see um, Rob Holding starting, unfortunately, in, the, in that in that game at the Etihad. So hopefully Saliba's back before that. But I think 
to manage, what is it, two games before we play City? West Ham and Southampton, I think it is. You know, mm. if we can manage those two games, um, I think, sorry, yeah, if we if we can get part get through those two games, which we should be able to do with without Saliba, then it's just all about the City game and fingers crossed Saliba's back for that one. But not not really, man. Like I thought he had a fairly decent game overall. It's a bit, yeah, like you said before, it's a bit unfortunate that it's him that gives away that penalty. But to be fair, I can see Gabriel giving away a penalty like that. To I, could see, I, can I could see, see Saliba. Giving it away, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, Yeah. so it's, I just, yeah, it's a bit, it is unfortunate that it's him, but it it is what it is. I I think he had a fairly decent game, he was pretty solid overall. I think, like, the thing with Saliba, it's not when you compare the two, it's not really what holding does, it's more like what holding doesn't do in terms of what Saliba does. It's like you, you, you can't be like. You can't look at Holding's game yesterday and been like, oh, well, what did he do? He didn't do anything wrong. You're right. He had a really good game. He won some really good headers. Um, what we don't know is, like, if Saliba was there, what would have happened? Is Saliba a better defender? Yes, we know that. We know that Saliba is much better on the ball, right? So the thing we don't know is, would we have maybe scored a third goal? Would he have assisted? You know, would he have been involved in a, in a piece of play that allowed us to break and get a third goal? Or... You know, maybe maybe he is in a better position to stop one of those attacks. It's really hard to do like a a like for like comparison, but you know, I don't I don't think any of us are suggesting that um, holding is all of a sudden in line to be a first choice centre back. Like we know Saliba is better, right? But actually, for a second choice centre back or a third or fourth choice, whatever he is, um, he he did all right. <laughs> he did as you would expect a, a backup centre-back to do. But it's like you put it really well, it's not necessarily about the things that he does, it's about the things that he doesn't do. But because of the things that he doesn't do, I'm massively concerned now. I'm more concerned after watching the Liverpool game because, and, and partly there's the benefit of hindsight and there's a benefit of analysis, etc. But when you look at some of the, highlights of the game and if you look at some two, two things that Gabriel and Saliba both do amazingly well it's not that they're just it's not just that they're both good aerially it's that whenever they're taking balls you know in in sort of pressure situations aerially they're really good about where they head it they're really really good at that and whether it's kind of directly to a player or outside of a danger zone etc when you look back at the game it's really interesting because it's almost like an and maybe this is it's harsh because Holdings obviously, I can imagine he's quite nervous coming into this because I imagine he knows if I don't play well, everyone's going to say that I'm the reason that we've lost, right? So if you look at a lot of the times where he's heading the ball or in pressured situations, he's going safety first. So even the times where he, it looks like he's got time to think about it, a lot of his headers are going straight to Liverpool players, straight to Liverpool players. So he's getting the header, but straight to a Liverpool player all the time. Even times where he's got he's thinking about it. Times where, you know, maybe you could pick a pass, he's clearing it. Fair enough, maybe in his mind he's gone because I don't want to cost us a goal and, you know, he doesn't necessarily back himself technically, etc. And the other thing is that, it's again, with the whole thing, uh, the whole point of the things that, you know, he doesn't do, it's really hard to know how many tactical tweaks we may have made because of him. It's hard to know people's positions, etc., whether that 
had anything to do with him. The interesting thing is, right, is if you look at the two goals, you can't really isolate him as at fault for either of those two goals. That you know, There's actually a number of other people you could probably point to, but he's not one of them for either of those goals. But it's quite hard to know whether other people are behaving in a certain way because of an unfamiliar entity in some way. It's, it's quite difficult. Yeah, I'm sure he, it's affected Ben White's game. Like yeah, but having perhaps, to but, yeah. because even the second goal, you see when they're analyzing it, everyone's kind of going, why was Gabriel running so far out? Because there's a really, because Gabriel is nowhere to be seen when the ball comes in and it, you know, so you almost assume that he's done nothing wrong, Gabriel. And, but the, but the fact is he was in a really, really weird position to begin with. And you sort of think, well, would he have been in that situation if Saliba was there? Does it is it you know it is that indecision? So maybe that's not a holding concern. I think maybe that's the point I'm trying to make. It it's not necessarily that it's Rob holding. It's that it's not Saliba. I think yeah. is is, yeah. The, is the is the problem. I think a lot of the narrative around Rob holding is like people are quite desperate to when we don't win to have a scapegoat where it's very easy to be like we didn't win because of Rob holding. Um, that might be true. That might be true yesterday, right? Where you could say, if we had Saliba, we might have won. But we don't We don't know. <laughs> and it's just, Saliba's out, right? And we've got a third choice set of back playing. Is he as good? No, he's not. Otherwise, he'd be first choice. we just got to deal with it. And he's got to do his best. And we've got to figure out a system that makes it work. And we just have to hope that by the time we play Man City... Saliba is back because then it will be a problem because uh, Haaland is the type of player, like my said, who will deliberately go out to expose a weakness mm. in the back four. Can we can we talk very quickly about Aaron Ramsdale? Because it just it would feel out of order if we moved on and didn't talk about him because he, in the last 15 minutes, probably the last 10 minutes, has pulled off Three three match winning match drawing saves or whatever you want to call them. The first was a one on one. I want to say is it with Nunes or whatever. I, I can't remember who it was. But it was a one on one that he saves. You probably think he you know fine decent save. Well done Ramsdale, but it's still you know still a, a clever save. And then he's made two worldies right at the death. You know which the second the the, the first one which is off Salah that it's the deflection which is you know. It, it it almost makes the shot a perfect shot. It's going right in fact. It's it's, it's and Ramsdale makes a, a worldie. And at the end, geez, to Canate. I mean, he's you you would you almost have, you would have forgiven a goalkeeper for giving up in that situation. You would have forgiven a goalkeeper for going. What's well, going in? I've just got a token, like kind of just. And he's and he's kept us, and he's basically got us that point. Um, Aaron, and I'll go to you first this time. I mean, what, what was that? Was that one of the? kind of iconic goalkeeping performances of his career at Arsenal so far? Yeah. Yeah, they were amazing saves. I think Yeah, look, they were yeah, they were. <laughs> I think but actually I think I think Ramsdale's been quietly this good for like the last seven or eight games. And actually like someone made this point, I think on social media, is that because we haven't been on TV for a while, we've had a lot of like Saturday 3 p.m. games. A lot of people just don't see Ramsdale in the UK unless you're an Arsenal fan who is streaming the games. And I think for a lot of people, they were just very, very surprised at how good Ramsdale is because this was a big game, you know, Sunday, 4.30, and he came up with some big saves. But Ramsdale's been doing that consistently, in my opinion, over the last two or three months. He's been, like, consistently in big moments when we're hanging on. The Bournemouth game, I remember he made a few saves. 
Um, I think against Villa, he made a few, the Villa game, he made like two or three big saves. Um, and, you know, it's a concern because he's getting exposed quite a lot and he's being put in positions where he needs to make those saves by our defending. But he has been unbelievable the last two or three months and he, he's getting overlooked. And I think I'm really glad he's getting the recognition now um, that he deserves because, you know, even in the punditry, they were like, they were talking and saying like, oh, I was really surprised when uh, Arsenal bought him from Sheffield, Sheffield or Bournemouth, um, wherever we bought him from. Um, and, and it's like they're only realising now that he's a top, top goalkeeper. And, you know, we as Arsenal fans know how good he's been. And I think this just put him in the spotlight. But some of their saves were unbelievable, especially that one we had to adjust from uh, the Salah deflected shot because he he's a type of keeper that goes quite early in a lot of things. Like he goes big on saves right and that's why people sometimes accuse him of being like a what's the, what's the phrase like a hollywood saves mm. tv goalkeeper but that's his just that's his style but with that because he went early he was able to save it otherwise um he doesn't and then the other one the canate one he just basically just throws himself at the ball and hopes for the best and obviously he's in the right place at the right time and that's half the skill of a goalkeeper as well my, he's he's twenty four years old as well, right? That's that's incredible. I mean, this is twenty four is not it's not just young for twenty twenty four for a goalkeeper is basically eighteen for an outfield player, basically, isn't it? I mean, yeah, he, he's probably going to peak later. Um, listen, let, let's just uh, let's look forward now. How do you guys feel about the title race now? It's uh, you know, there's there's six points in it now. Uh, we've played a game more still. The way that the games the way that the fixtures kind of have laid themselves out is a bit weird, right? Because we end up playing at some point soon, two more games than City have. So we'll have like two games in hand uh, over them at some point. Um, so it's kind of annoying in that way. You kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more fun. I feel like a title race where you've got, you know, that they've played the same amount of, uh, of games, but it's a also a really unique situation where both teams have it in their hands, right? It's that it's that kind of unique combination of of games and fixtures and, and of points and fixtures rather, where it's in both teams' hands. So, you know, mice, do you feel differently, worse, better, whatever? Do, how do you feel post Liverpool about Arsenal's title prospects? I think I feel better, to be honest, um, because there's just hardly you know there's such few games left to go. Every, every game that you can tick off and you can get, you get a good result. Obviously we need wins, but Liverpool way, that point I, th- I think is, is a massive point. Um, and it's another game ticked off. So I think, and, and I saw a lot, look, yeah, like we, we've analyzed the game and and there, there's a lot to, there's a lot to look at in terms of things that just didn't go quite well and how we were able to, to let go a 2 0 lead and, and and you know Rob Holding playing when we need to lead back all of these things, but ultimately a point away at Anfield is is could still like I said could still be massive. So um, I think overall, like I'm I'm probably feeling a little bit a little bit more po- not positive. What's the word? Maybe a little bit more hopeful that we might be able to do this basically. But the next two games obviously are just like every game is must win, but they're just we have to have to have to win. Um, we have to go and beat West Ham. We have to beat Southampton because like you said, Raj, the way the fixtures are, I think 
six points now. If we win our next two, we go into the game at the Etihad nine points clear, I think. Mm. Um, and that, you know, I think, yeah, because I feel like we're going to... We're going to need to get something at the Etihad. I'm a bit worried that if we go there, whatever the gap is, but even if it's nine points and we go and lose there, it just makes the next game, which might be Chelsea, I could be wrong, but whoever we play after that and then the the upcoming games, especially when you've still got to go to St. James's Park, like it just makes, it puts a lot of pressure onto those final four or five games. Um. But look, I think I'm feeling pretty positive to be honest, man. Like we've got a pretty much fully fit squad. Um, we're playing really good football at the moment. The Liverpool game was probably like the, the game at the Etihad is going to be hard. The Newcastle game is going to be hard, but the Liverpool game was was one of the biggest tests that we've got. We've come through it, um, and yeah, like you said, it's in our hands. At the end of the day, it's in our hands. So if we go and do the business in the next two games, uh, that would leave us with what six games to go going into the Etihad in going into the game at the Etihad and and I think yeah nine points clear that's that could be massive like just from a mentality perspective it sends us into that game full of confidence um it sends us into that game knowing that you know yeah defeat a defeat's not the end of the world but we can go go there confident with such that's a big gap with six games to go so yeah I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling fairly positive I'm not saying we're going to win it um because there's still a lot lot of football to be played and city and man city um but yeah man like I mean like if we'd have lost yesterday that would have been really bad I think if we'd have lost yesterday that would have been really bad and the fact that we've just we've got through it we've come out with a point it just could end up being a really really big point um come the end of the season agree I mean Aaron do you think city would have watched Arsenal's game and thought amazing they've dropped two points or Damn, I can't believe they got they ended up with a draw. How mentally do you think? Uh, I think they'll be happy we drop points. Like I, because you know it's incredible to think that they only scored in the eighty seventh minute or something, which is killer mm. for us, right? Like, yeah, as much as they smashed us in that second half, we were five six minutes away from coming away with a win, which is like mm. really really frustrating. Um, so ultimately, when a team drops it drops three points in the 87th minute you're going to be happy um and then so yeah i think look i've always not been confident right before this i was never confident that we were going to win the league like when i looked at those fixtures and the points we've got them in unless city do us a favor um is the way i say if we're going to win it i think city will have to drop points um either to us directly or somewhere else um, and I'm really, really worried that City can and may, probably will just win all their games. And if they do that, I'm actually okay with that, right? Because that means they've probably gone and won like 14, 15 games in a row. And mm. you just take your hat, you take your hat off, and you say like, like that's just ridiculous. Like we were ne- we like we're just never going to be able to compete with that. That is like super team level when they just go elite, right? And um, it'll be really frustrating if they do that, but. You can't then say, oh, it's because we drew at Anfield that we've not mm. won the league. No, the reason we've not won the league is because City have gone and won 15 games in a row. You know? Yeah. Um, and so, but like my my fear was always like, we've got to go to Anfield, we've got to go to the Etihad, we've got to go to St. James's Park, and we've got to be perfect elsewhere. And I, I still don't see us doing that. I still think we've got more issues to come. We've got... 
uh, another draw in us at least somewhere, I think. And then there's a City game where, like, who knows what's going to happen. So, I mean, the good thing is, even if we lose to City and we win everywhere else, it's then going to be a goal difference shootout. And that's going to be, I mean, probably not going to go in our favour, but it's still not over if we, if we lose to City, I think. Is that right? It's, yeah. it's three yeah. points now, right? Uh, it's, it's six, six points. Yeah, six points. So they lose, they win the game in hand, and then yeah. they we lose. It'll be we'll be level on points, and yeah, then it'll be goal difference. I think they're five ahead at the moment. Yeah. Um, so even then, it's not over, right? We could still go yeah. into the last day, um, knowing like we potentially they're, need something. Um, they've got break away on the last day. It's not. Yeah. yeah. So there's all sorts of permutations. I think yeah. all we need to do is just go game by game, and actually, what will be interesting now is like. Ideally, we need to start winning and winning big. I mean, we have been winning big, but we, we're 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 up against Man City, who are smashing everyone uh, three or four nil or whatever it is at the moment, yeah. and um, we just need to hope for a little bit of luck somewhere, right? So, yeah. yes, they are capable of winning every single game, but will they? Um, well, they've they've dropped, so so since that season where they just basically won I don't know a thousand you know at the end of the season, um, the the few seasons that have gone since then, from um, they, they've basically dropped an average of five points in this period. Yeah, yeah. So, so we if, we just need someone to do us a favor. I don't know where yeah. that's coming from. It might be in the last day against Brentford. It might be somewhere else. But we just need to stay in contention. Yeah, up until the last day. And we might do it, but so, yeah, yeah, I, I still don't think we'll do it. To be honest, I was just going to say, surprise! I mean, that surprises happen, right? We're trying to map it out all the way to the last day. Who the hell knows? They got, I think they've got Leicester next weekend. Yeah, you know, you just, you just don't know, right? That could you be really a six 0 or it could be a one 0 win. You never know. Yeah, it's, right? just, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you like, really do it so many ways. It looks like Dean Smith's going to take over at Leicester. Oh, it's um, Dean Smith yeah, now. Yeah. I heard Rafa Benitez for a second. Well, apparently they're talking about Dean Smith. Basically someone, and someone, some Ars- you know, there's always an Arsenal fan who's ahead of the curve. Some Arsenal fans immediately pulled up Dean Smith's record against Man City. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, he's, and he's lost every time. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. yeah. Sorry, Mize, I interrupted you. No, no, no. Well, it was, um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, it's just so hard to predict, right? But like Aaron had said, we've just got to take it game by game and do do our job, right? We've got two very winnable games. I know we're going to obviously talk about West Ham, but two very winnable games coming up. Um, if we don't win those two games, then we don't really, des- you know, if City then go on and win it, we don't really deserve to win the title. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. so so we just got to do our, look, at the end of the day, if we do our job, there's there is obviously the there is obviously the possibility that we win every game but we lose the city game and it goes down to goal difference but that basically means city win every single game right so yeah. that could happen but I, I'd say the chances of that happening are fairly small so I, I feel like if we if we win every game I think we could afford to get a draw at the Etihad and we still and we win the league if we win every other game we can probably afford to lose then right. Yeah, well, mathematically, we could afford to lose. It'll go down no. to goal difference on the assumption. No, but if, no, if you assume that City don't win every game. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of backing ourselves to do, yeah, to, to do the biz. But look, man, it's, it's, there's still, it's like, what, eight, nine games, eight games to go, whatever it is. There's still a long... Yeah, I think, I should put it that way, Mike. If we win every single game except the City game and we lose the City, I think we'll win the league. Um, Because I don't, that is... The only way we don't win the league under that circumstance is if City win every single game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
and but, but it's, it's one of those things that the, the, yeah. the odds are neither Arsenal the odds are Arsenal and City will both drop points between now and the end yeah. of the season right I mean yeah. history will probably tell us that therefore City will, lo- will will drop less but you know I know I think this is a unique season no one thought we'd be here so who can who can you know how much can you really tell um, but just short term West Ham my this is a big game for you always on the calendar, isn't it? Your brother-in-law is a West Ham fan, so it's it's big. So, uh, and you're going to this um, this one, um, yep. with your lovely wife. So oh, she's not t- coming anymore. Oh no, okay, so, yeah, she can't she can't make it. Well, I say she can't make it. We, we we've got uh, childcare issues that day, so um, so she she can't make it. I'm definitely still going. Um, yeah, so my cousin Jonathan's coming now, um, who actually promised a ticket to initially. So um, yeah, yeah, but I am going. Yes. Um, to, to tell me, what do you think? Um, what, what, what is it going to be? Are you, are you guys going to be coming away from East London happy? I think so, man. Like, I can't, yeah. I, I mean, how can you predict anything other than an Arsenal win? West Ham have been dire this season. They've been awful. But thankfully, they've picked up a couple of wins in the last few games. Um, obviously, I know they got smashed by Newcastle, but they picked up a couple of, you know, they basically picked up, what, six points in the last nine. And I think, They've now, you know, there, it was a, a few games ago, that relegation bottom kind of, what, eight teams? It was so tight. And I feel like West Ham have slightly pulled away with their results, just ever so slightly pulled away. And I think the pressure's now off Moyes a little bit. Um, mm. You know, if they'd have if they'd have come into this game right, you know, where they were three games ago, basically I think they were in the relegation zone or just above it, you know, it becomes a yeah a, a game where they might need to get a result. I feel like pressure's off for them. Not pressure's off as such, but I feel they'll, they'll look at other games in their run-in that they'll target as you know the, the games they have to win or get some points from. Um, and if it feels like they're probably just going to do enough to get to get out of their their uh, get out of this relegation. They're also uh, they've got a Conference League quarterfinal yeah away in Europe on Thursday as well. Yes. So they're yeah, away exactly. Again. Gank or Ghent? One of the two. Ghent, I think it is, yeah. Ghent. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So, focus for them, you know, um, is going to be on that this week, which should play into our hands. So, look, I can't see anything other than Arsenal win. I think the only reason Arsenal don't win is if, for whatever reason, we turn up and don't put in um, a performance like we've been putting in performances all season, basically, for if that if that happens, you know, either complacency or we just don't turn up or it just doesn't click. I don't know, but... West Ham's always a weird one because they like they've still got like really good players. Obviously, one one of them that we want to buy, um, but they've still got some some decent decent players, and I guess they could potentially be a dangerous team. But yeah, like if we're talking about like Aaron and you were saying earlier, you know, Liverpool are seventh, eighth in the league. We're twenty points ahead of them. We should be going there and winning. And you're disappointed that we didn't get the win there. Then you know, look, come on, we have to go to West Ham and win. So yeah, I'm I'm feeling confident, man. Like nothing else to focus on. We don't have any other games to focus on outside of the Premier League, obviously. So I can't, I can't see us sort of, if there's any game that we're going to kind of slip up in, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this one. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just full focus on, on getting three points. And like Aaron has said, I think it needs to be a, doesn't need to be, but it would be good that if it's a, if it's a, I think it should be a convincing win because I think we're a hell of a lot better than West Ham. And um, yeah, like I said before, it's just a must win game, like must win game, a very winnable game. So yeah, I, I think, I think we'll win on Sunday. Aaron, did you share the confidence? Uh, I share the requirement that we have to win. I don't want people turning around to me next week being like, oh, well, it was the Olympic Stadium, you know, and teams don't go to the Olympic Stadium and win. <laughs> and all that stuff. Like, why did you get the crowd at the Olympic Stadium riled up? 
I <laughs> <laughs> so can't even see at the Olympic Stadium properly, like let alone get riled up because it's so bloody far away from the pitch. Um, but no, I, uh, you're turning into a bit like you're turning into the Roy Keane of this, like <laughs> a little bit. No, we have to win basically, and like it's the stage now where these games are actually the ones we might need to win big to like get that goal difference back up because the games that we've got we've got West Ham, Southampton, then it's obviously Man City, Chelsea, Newcastle, Brighton, right? And they're going to be just they're not going to be goal difference games. They're going to be just get the three points somehow right um and therefore if we're gonna have to make up this five goal difference on city we probably need to start going for it and i I really do wonder if that will change like the i hope the team have realized that and i hope the managers realize that is that like you don't want to be too late you know you want to be you don't want to get to like having lost to City, being level on points with them, but City being nine, ten goals ahead and having two games left where you've got to make that up. So you want to start doing that now. Um, mm. So, yeah, I hope... I mean, yeah, I hope we win, but I actually hope we win comfortably as well. I don't, I don't think they'll be looking at the goal difference personally because I think they'll just be looking at it as we just have to go and do what we can do, what's in our hands. And if we do that, the goal, goal difference doesn't come into it. Like, I think obviously they're going to go out and if there's an opportunity to, you know, if we, you know, if we go up early or whatever, and there's an opportunity, or basically if the game turns into a bit of a, um, like a 2 0 or 3 0, and there's opportunity to score more goals. And of course, they'll go and do that on the day. But I just can't see them talking about it and saying, oh, what if, what if, you know, we're 10 goals behind or five goals behind with a game or two games to go, whatever? Like, what are we doing that? Do we, you know, we no, don't no, want to be in that situation. Yeah, I just but... think it's like you said, I think it's one of those where the club have to be aware that they need to make up goals, right? I don't think it changes the game plan before the game. But like you said, if we're 2 3 and off at half time, like, don't bring on a Jorginho bring on mm-hmm. another attacker. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because we need goals. But let, let's get to that bit when we come to yeah, it. Right? Exactly. I remember saying before the Bournemouth game, this is a goal difference game. And <laughs> we barely got the three points. So um, let's deal with it, with it that bit when it comes to it. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I agree with what both of you said. I don't... You, there's no way... There's no, there's no way that West Ham should be getting any points off us this weekend. There's no way, really. I mean, I, I actually, to be honest, Myers, I hadn't even really looked at the table until you mentioned that they seem a little bit safer than they did before. I mean, you're right. I, I, I actually thought they were still around 17th, 18th. Um, but you're right. They, they have, yeah, it's three points, but they've got a game in hand as well. I think over some of the teams below them. So you're right. I think even for that reason, there's a little less for them to get complete because I, I I think that Arsenal must be this really annoying team to play against at the moment if you whoever you are because because of the amount of energy and belief that we play with it just must be really tiring like and I imagine it's just annoying and that because that's what it felt like at the beginning against Liverpool it felt like Liverpool were just like I really can't be bothered to deal with this like not right now I've got enough going on I don't want to deal with this it was that kind of vibe so I, yeah look I think that if we go if we go to if we go to West Ham and play like we did against Liverpool in the first half an hour and maybe don't do the things that we did you know later on, which I don't think will happen because I don't think the Olympic Stadium atmosphere is uh, is is the same as the Anfield State uh, Anfield's atmosphere. Um, man, like you know, it could be a it could be a battering, but I'm still there's a little bit of me right who's like that feels that we've still got a 
um, we're almost due a, and I don't know if this is because of the Arsenal of past. We're, we're like we're like due a game where we're battering down the door, and it just doesn't happen. You know, we're just we completely dominate a game. We have 20, 30, 30 shots or whatever, and for whatever reason, we don't win. Like there's a a bit of me that feels like we're due that, but maybe that's just the um, you know the experience of Arsenal old. So I'm just um, I'm going to go for a prediction of. Uh, 3-0 Arsenal. Uh, Mice? 3-1. I think we'll concede again, but 3-1, I think it'll be a convincing win. I'll um, go optimistic and go 4-1. Okay. Threes and fours, generally. Okay, so we both we all think it's going to be a comfortable win. Um, so, look, I think we'll leave it there. We've been talking for a while. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Those who, those who join us live, really appreciate it. Those who uh, have listened... Um, post the fact really appreciate that too and please like subscribe share we really appreciate you and aaron and mice thank you friends for joining me uh good chat as always thank you mate. very much cheers have a good night and mice enjoy the west ham game please represent you know will. do the classic mice hooligan routine <laughs> do it just go go for i mean i'm in the upper tier so no running on the pitch or anything uh but yeah yeah look out that'll be me. interesting to, it'll be interesting to see how, how that is right because when we went we were in the oh, lower tier. Have you been, have you been up to no, I think okay. I did up a tier for lower tier ago. once. Well, yeah, I think upper tiers like there's this like massive platform between the two tiers, like a, a hor- like a flat platform, and it just makes you feel even more further away from the pitch than you do anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's the best view, but not really going to uh, going for the view, go, go, going for the vibes, going for the atmosphere and all of that, and, and hopefully just going for the win. Points, yeah, exactly. Nice one. All right, all right, guys. Good night. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.